And uh, I don't know why we booked a flight that we landed in Boise at midnight, but uh, one of us did. And uh, something really crazy happened in, uh, in that we flew to Miami, Florida. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I live in Nampa, Idaho, where it's cold. We flew to Miami, Florida, and Steve and Rhonda had another, you know, little encounter like, you know, a few years ago there. And uh, we froze. Miami, Florida, and we, we absolutely froze. And then uh, we went to a conference for churches over a 1,000. Anybody ever heard of John Maxwell? Yeah, he was a speaker there. It was kind of cool. And uh, we stayed, uh, celebrated our honeymoon there in one of uh, President Trump's resorts. So don't feel sorry for me. It was amazing. And then we, then we flew to Arizona because we wanted to spend some time with my mom, who lives up in the Prescott area. We stayed in Phoenix. And uh, Prescott got hit with the worst snowstorm in the history of Arizona, 27 inches of snow. I live in Idaho. I flew to Phoenix to get warm, and I froze. Um, something weird happened. I actually preached in this exact T-shirt three Sundays ago. And I put it back on after our trip to Miami and Phoenix, and it doesn't fit. So I'm going to blame the dryer and not my overeating on vacation. Are you with me? Okay. Um, we're concluding our series launch, and um, you might may not know this, but uh, we always worship more when we're uh, away from CFC than when we're here. We were a part of the 930 service last Sunday. Uh, we enjoyed worship. We were part of the 1130 Sunday uh, service last Sunday here. Got to listen to Pastor Nathan preach. And didn't he do a tremendous job? I think that was, I think that was my favorite sermon out of all of them that we preached on this, this campus. So we have such a, a great team and a deep, deep bench. So I, I want to launch into something that I believe that we must do as the body of Christ. And I want to direct your attention to a couple of verses. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, you are the light of the world. And if you would, I want you to write your first name under that, that word, you. I want you to personalize the Word of God. The Word of God is a love letter that comes from the heart of God to His kids. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house, to all who are in the house, to all, not just those who vote, like you do, not just those who have the social economics that you have. The Bible says to all, I believe that Jesus Christ is the answer to everyone. I, I believe that. From the pauper to the palace and everything in between, the Lord is the answer. Can you say amen? 
So to all who are in the house, and here it is, and let your light, your light, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Father, would you take the next um, few moments, and I ask that your anointing would be very strong, and Lord, you've prepared our hearts through a powerful worship service, and Lord, we've given, and Lord, you've set the stage for something significant. There's not one of us here by accident. And Lord, this word that uh, you placed on my heart, um, I can't think of a more timely uh, moment to preach what you've given me. So Lord, would you speak to us through your word? In Jesus' name, can you say amen? Um, Have you ever witnessed something, good or bad, that it was so good or so bad, it impacted your life in such a way, it caused you to take a step back and evaluate your life. We flew into Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, we're waiting in the uh, rental car area. How many love the rental car lines? How many of you sprint? You get off the bus and you sprint to the rental car line. Anyone else? Yes, we run, we're runners. And we're a few in the in, in, in head of the line, but a few back. And just from 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 here to Mary, I, I, the good-looking brother, Chantel, he's about 25 years old. Looked like he could be on the cover of any magazine. Just really handsome, good-looking brother. And there was a husband and wife that was literally screaming at Chantel at the Hertz rental car. Uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, screaming, you overbooked me, you overcharged me, and he's screaming. And I was raised up in that environment, and I don't take kindly to being screamed at. And the guy kept screaming and screaming, and his wife was absolutely mortified. So after about five minutes, Chantel got up, and he just left, and the manager came out. And uh, it took the manager probably five minutes, probably five minutes to get this guy calmed down to where he would stop screaming. I would have just called security or throat punched him if it was, was, you know, how many know what I'm talking about? You know, the the good old days. weren't so good, by the way. And the guy and his wife left. And then Kelly, we were at the next, and they called us forward. And Chantel was, he came back out and sat down just a couple, um, couple rows over or uh, cash registers over, if you will. We rented our car, and my wife and I went over to Chantel, and I said, hey, Chantel, man, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry what that guy did to you. It says more about him than it does you. If you have someone in your life that's dogging on you, it says more about them than it does you. That's a good word right there. And I said, Chantel, we're Christians. I don't hide behind the pastor label. We are Christians, and we just want you to know that Jesus loves you. He saw everything, and he loves you. And then I grabbed my suitcase, and I was walking, and I, I, I noticed that Kelly was still hanging out with Chantel over there. And I'm going, hey, we got to get to the hotel. Let's go, Kel. 
And she came, comes, comes up to me, and she's just crying. Tears are running down her face. I said, honey, what would you say, or what did he say? And I quote, Chantel said to my wife, I didn't even want to come to work. Yesterday, my brother died. You see, you really don't know what people are going through. I want to talk to you not about two words. I want to talk to you about one word today. Not two, but one. If we are to win the world for Christ, if we are to be the manifestation of the heart of God that beats in our communities, in our towns, in our cities, in America, and around the world, it's absolutely vital that we are kind. I've never preached on anything even similar to this. Pastor Bueller, 13 years ago, gave me a book called uh, How to Be Nice. And I looked at it and I said, Pastor Bueller, I hate that. And I threw it away. It's not enough to be nice. If you're going to impact someone for the glory of God, you must be kind. And that's my assignment today. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they will glorify not you, but your Father who is in heaven. Can you say amen? I believe that we live in a day that is filled with anger, rage, split right down the middle uh, regarding politics. It's time for the blood-bought, spirit-filled church of the Lord Jesus Christ to be kind to the whosoevers of the world. To be kind. Can I say this? I believe with all of my heart what that man did to Chantel last week was an assignment from hell. Satan is called the accuser of the brethren. Satan was kicked out of heaven, and yet the brethren are still accused through the persuasion of the devil. It's interesting to note that sometimes when I'm at my lowest point, it seems like the critics are the loudest. It seems like the attacks come. Don't you wish they could come when you're up on the mountain? Can I say this? Before anyone else had an opinion about your life, about your parenting, about, listen, you had the call of God and you have the call of God upon your life. Don't listen to the critic. Listen, if God is for you, it doesn't matter what people say about you. All of this was birthed out of that exchange that Kelly and I witnessed in Chantel's life. And I wonder what would happen. We have just over 5,000 people now who are part of our Christian Faith Center movement. 
They come maybe once a month. But listen, I wonder what would happen if all of us would walk in kindness. In kindness. Jesus said, all men will know that you are my disciples by your love one for another. You can't love without being kind. You can be nice and not be kind, but you cannot be kind and not be nice. So I have three points. Number one, if you'd like to take notes, number one. Kindness prioritizes time and energy. Prioritizes time and energy. Micah chapter 6 verse 8. He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? To do justice, it's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you energy. It might even cost you your reputation. We have too many preachers that are concerned about their reputation. They don't want to go after someone who's addicted, someone who's in pain, because, oh, I don't want to be seen with him. I want to be always on the side of the underdog. If you're with me, can you say a good amen? So, so what does the Lord, the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love? What does your Bible say? Kindness. Kindness. To do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly before your God. Can I tell you that a Christian walking in humility is powerful? The Bible says that God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Pride says, look at me. Humility says, look at him. Shame will cause you to hide from God. Pride will cause God to hide from you. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 21, whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life, righteousness, and honor. Uh, can I say it's going to cost you time, it's going to cost you energy, it's going to cost you effort. It, it will, people will, will, will walk into your life and they'll interrupt your life. Is there anyone that you've had a divine interruption from God? I believe Chantel was a divine interruption. Sometimes it's our greatest disruptions that are God's greatest invitations. And my hope and my prayer in Chantel's life is that he will remember, remember the words from Kelly and I. It's not about you. It speaks volumes regarding him and that Jesus Christ loves you. Isn't it amazing that a word from God will speak louder than, than hurtful words that were spoken over us as children, adults, and authority figures in our life? Aren't you grateful for that? I'm not going to allow anyone to mark my life except for my, except for my walk with Almighty God. I want God to mark my life. Never forget, people are more important than schedules, than lists, than rental cars. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Look for those divine interruptions and step out in faith and speak that word. Jesus commanded us in the Bible to love thy neighbor. 
Love thy neighbor. That means love thy homeless neighbor. Love thy black neighbor. Love thy white neighbor. Love thy immigrant neighbor. Love thy Jewish neighbor. Love thy Christian neighbor. Love thy atheist neighbor. Love thy addicted neighbor. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, any whosoever is in the house, let me see your hands. I, I'm nobody but a whosoever. It's God that makes us somebody. But it's going to cost you something. When is the last time you, 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 you stepped out of your comfort zone and, and, man, you spoke, you saw something, you witnessed something, or maybe just that prompting of here's what it feels like to me. It's like this uneasiness inside of me. I, I see something, and there's been times that I've, uh, that I've missed opportunities. There's been times I've been too busy. There's been times that I've had too much to accomplish. And some of you know that. I regret that. But I'm grateful that there is a young man in the Phoenix airport that works for Hertz Rental Car by the name of Chantel, that Kelly and I were not too busy. We were not too consumed with our luggage. We were not too consumed about getting out of that horrible airport. By the way, on, our, on, on the airport just before we got on the plane to fly home, we got buzzed by a bat. Kel, what's your number one phobia in life? A flying rodent. That thing buzzed us for 10 minutes, so every now and then I do this to Kelly's hair, and she would scream in front of everyone. Kind of have a hate-love relationship with bats now. I don't know. But I'm grateful, and I'm not bragging on, listen, uh, trust me. But I believe Chantel's life took a turn because somebody told him, it's not about you, it's about him. And that Jesus Christ loves you. <laughs> and don't you know that? As a matter of fact, can we pray for Chantel right now? Father, we lift up Chantel. Lord, I don't even know his last name. Father, we pray those hurtful, arrogant words that were sp not just spoken, screamed over him would come to nothing. That you would cancel the assignment of the enemy. God, we speak affirmation over his life. We speak peace over his life. Father, we speak comfort, the very comfort of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that Chantel's brother, before his heart stopped, that, that he knew you or he even whispered Jesus and he is with you. Father, we lift up Chantel. We place him in your nail-pierced hands. Would you just love on him? In Jesus' name, can you say amen? Now, let me say this. We don't have to agree with people to love them and show them kindness. And just because I disagree with someone does not mean that I don't love them, nor does it not mean that I, I, I'm, I'm still, I am still capable of showing kindness. So, number one, kindness prioritizes time and energy. I'm sorry, guys. Pastor Jordan, packed house in Boise, six people in the baptismal tank. Yeah. Oh, by the way, here's another, my daughter. Jackson, my little grandson, how old is Jackson? Three. And I quote, 
We have church. Yay, I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you. Number two, kindness prompts action. Kindness prompts action. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 17, but if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Many people are nice, but few are kind. They're not the same. Again, you can be nice and not care, but you cannot be kind and not be nice. One word can change somebody's day. And it was so, kind, so cool. I, I put on social media uh, as I was kind of developing this after that encounter at the airport. And I just put, put some, when I say the word kindness, go, dot, dot, dot. And a bunch of you jumped in, and, and it was so cool. Several of you uh, wrote all kinds of wonderful things. Someone wrote Amanda Hodges. I thought, oh, that's nice. And then someone jumped on and said, Kelly Sears. And I thought, oh, you know, kind. You just don't know her like I do. No, I'm kidding. She is. She's kind. She's kind. But it's okay to be nice. But you can be nice and not do anything about it. But God wants us to be kind to the whosoevers of the world. So there's a big difference from being nice and kind. Again, Number two, kindness prompts action. One word can change somebody's life. And, and I want to, can I give you just a couple of scriptures? Because I don't want anyone in here, you know, well, he pulled one scripture out of the Bible and he's doing this whole sermon on one. Listen, you need to understand, Old Testament and New Testament is filled with this word. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit, now the fruit of the Spirit, that's the lifestyle of a believer is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, guess what? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7, 7 and 8. But God who is rich in mercy, can you say amen? Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31 and 32. I'm so, so glad you asked for some scripture. Let all bitterness, let all, now this is the body of Christ, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. How many are grateful that God forgave you? Let me see your hands. I'm so grateful. Let's model that lifestyle. They don't deserve it. Neither did you. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 15. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bear with one another, and forgiving one another. If any has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. 
But above all these, put on love, which is a bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule your hearts to which you were called into one body and be thankful. I want to be somebody that makes everybody feel like a somebody. Have you ever encountered someone that when you got into their presence, they just kind of made you feel small? Um, Pastor Bueller, would you stand up, please? Those are, I know we've got a lot of new people. I'd just like to highlight a hero of mine. This is Pastor and Sister B. Would you stand up as well, Sister B? Uh, this is Pastor and Sister Bueller. They pastored this church for over 20 years. Backslid went into the district office for 14 years. The very first pastor I hired 13 years ago when God moved us here, Pastor Bueller models this as good or better than anyone I've ever met. Would you put your hands together and just say thank you, Pastor? Um, I just am trying to be more like Pastor Bueller, that when people leave my presence, I want them to feel bigger in the spirit. I want their faith to rise. I, I want hope to rise. Well, I understand it's been hard, but get that hardness under the blood of the Lord, and God is good, and God can save you. God can forgive you. Dreams come to pass. Delays are not denials. Get up and live for the glory of Almighty God. I want to be somebody that makes everybody feel like a somebody, because isn't that what Jesus did, and isn't that what Jesus does? Can you say amen. Remember how messed up you were when you called out on the name of the Lord? Most of us were nobodies, but now we're, we're somebodies because of the Lord. Most of us, if not all of us, were lost, but now we're found. Most of us, if not all of us, were spiritually blind and naked, but now we can see, and we are clothed in His righteousness, not ours, which is His filthy rags, but the righteousness of the Lord God Almighty. Can you say amen? The Bible is filled with examples of this. Nobody's becoming somebody's. Ever heard of a little guy by the name of David, little skinny, scrawny shepherd boy? He became, he became, he became a giant killer and Israel's greatest king. Ever heard of a guy by the name of Matthew, the crooked tax collector? He became the first writer of the gospel in the New Testament. Paul, well, Saul, he was a persecutor of the church. It's believed that he put to death tens of thousands of believers, and they would not deny their faith, and he was the result of them giving their lives, being martyred for the the glory of God. Listen, he became an apostle and wrote almost two-thirds of the New Testament. So I want to ask you a question. Who are you and who are you becoming? Who you are now does not mean who you're going to be in five years. God wants you to change. He wants you to grow in the things of God. He wants you to, to, to maturate in the things of God, to grow in holiness, to grow in the things of God. Can you say a good amen? Just because who you are today doesn't mean you're disqualified. Maybe, maybe your past, maybe your background doesn't disqualify you. Get it under the blood, and it can be, it become a platform for the greatest ministry that anyone's ever seen. Listen, uh, some of the greatest orphanages uh, in the world came from the heart of an orphan. Are you tracking with me? And I love it. With God, all things are possible. Finally, number three, number three, kindness produces legacy. What are you going to be remembered for? 
the lives we live, our attitudes, our actions, our judgments. Kindness produces legacy. I want to go to a, a very, very powerful scripture um, in the Old Testament, Joshua. I want to talk about somebody who really was a nobody, and we know a little bit about her, and she was a harlot. Kindness produces legacy. Joshua chapter 2, verses 12 through 15. Now, therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness. I'm telling you, living a life of kindness will change your life, change your destiny, change your future. Now, therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my Father's house. Living a life of kindness will not just impact your life, it will impact everyone in your house. And give me a true token and spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. So the men answered her, our lives for yours, and if none of you tell this business of ours, and it shall be when the Lord has given us a land that we will deal kindly and truly to you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window from her house on the city wall, and she dwelt, for she dwelt on the wall. Did you know this one act of kindness changed history? Not a king, not a president, a harlot. Changed history, and don't you know it changed her life? You want to know how much? It changed her life. Would you please go with me to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. And you can read, read through there. But if I could, could I please go to verse 5? Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. And then if I could, notice the lineage here. Notice the genealogy. Verse 16, And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. One act of kindness can change history. One act of kindness, and she is listed in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm just trying to tell you, this is powerful. To live the fruit of the Spirit, to be kind. Kindness. You never know what's going to happen when you're kind to someone. You never know how it's going to change their life. You never know. It just might change history for the glory of Almighty God. Kindness. Do you agree with this statement that to be a Christian is to be Christ-like? 
is to be Christ-like. At uh, the Thousand Plus Conference, John Maxwell asked, there's 188 of us there. When I, when I say the word Jesus, what comes to mind? And, you know, many of us are saying peace and, you know, salvation, redeemer. But John Maxwell, he said, never in a hurry. Jesus was always busy, but he was never in a hurry. He took time to be kind. To forgive a prostitute caught in the very act. To heal a man in the temple with a withered hand. Our Savior is kind. Have you ever witnessed to someone and they've said, I would never serve your God because your God makes people go to hell. God is mad. He's mean. I have to say, I I wouldn't serve a God like that either. I wouldn't serve a God that's mean. I wouldn't serve a God that makes people go to hell. See, son, see, that's not the God I serve. The God I serve has done everything to keep people out of hell. He's done everything to give us joy, peace. Can I land this segment of my message with one more verse? It's in Titus. Well, let me let me hit up uh, Old Testament first. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 8. With a little wrath, I hid my face from you for a moment, but listen, but with everlasting kindness, I will have mercy on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Can I say that? Can I read it just one more time? Isaiah chapter 54, verse 8. Oh, it's up on the screen. With a little wrath, I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting, can we say kindness on the count of three? One, two, three. Kindness. He says, I'll have mercy on you. Says the Lord, your Redeemer. Don't you love the Word of God? New Testament. Titus chapter 3. It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Can you say amen? Would you close your eyes? Bow your heads. Father, I thank you. Uh, just a little over, well, almost a little under a week ago, actually. My spirit was shaking after an encounter that I witnessed. But from that, Lord, uh, comes this message. And I know you're probably just challenging me, but I got a feeling that you're challenging all of us, that we have areas that we could grow in. Certainly none of us are claiming to have it all figured out. But, Lord, we want to be more like you. And it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. And Father, right now, I pray that you would send your spirit, the Holy Spirit, to survey the heart of every man, woman, boy, and girl here today, those who are watching online. It's your kindness that leads us to repentance. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, Pastor, would you please pray for me? I'm not where I should be with the Lord. But I sense something going on in my heart, and I want to make things right with God. With no one looking around. Would you raise your hands all over the building if you are here today? Just raise it high just so I can see. 
God bless you. Lord bless you. Lord bless you, ma'am. Anyone else? It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Lord bless you, beautiful little girl. You can put your hands down. Would you please, each and every one of you, those of you who are watching online, man, if the Lord's knocking on your door, if he's, man, let him in. I'm going to ask you to repeat a very simple prayer out loud after me. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Those of you who raised your hands, I want you to pray it with all of your heart. Everyone's going to pray right alongside of you. You're not going to pray alone in this place. We're going to join you. Would you pray these words out loud after me? Dear Heavenly Father, come to you today just as I am, in Jesus' name. Father, please forgive me for missing the mark spiritually for the sin in my life. I'm sorry. I repent. Jesus, I believe that you are the Savior of the world. You died on a cross, buried in a borrowed tomb, raised from the dead, on the third day. Jesus, right now, please come into my heart. Change my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we put our hands together? God bless you, those of you who prayed that prayer. On the other side of that wall, we have an area that's called coming to God. And there will be people, listen, that want to pray with you. Um, I want to I land today by something very powerful that I, I saw on social media of all places. Could I get a couple of pictures up here? What a cute couple. Yep, they are. Isn't that beautiful? And if we could maybe leave the picture of the, oh, wow, look at all those, of the couple. Yeah, we leave that there. The backstory on that is someone who exhibited tremendous kindness. I mean, just a practical way, exhibited tremendous kindness. Husband and wife, his wife went blind. Can't see. So you know what the husband did? He planted all of those flowers so that she could smell them. You see, that's not being nice. That's being kind. Kindness goes the extra mile. Kindness is willing to risk your reputation for someone who desperately needs the kindness of God in their life. Kindness is the life that God has called us to live. Can you say amen? Would you stand to your feet? And Kelly, would you join me? Thank you, Lord. Can we just lift our hands toward heaven? Father, we worship you. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. Holy Spirit of God, I believe that you're going to speak to us. I believe we have a family member, a friend, an acquaintance, someone we've built relationships at a Starbucks, a, a Fred Meyer, wherever it might be. And help us to be sensitive to you, Holy Spirit, that you would prepare their hearts and help us to be kind with our hearts, our actions, our words. Be 
It's your kindness that leads us to repentance. And Lord, in this crazy world, and it's not going to get better. This world is going to get darker and darker and darker and darker. That's not a negative statement. That's the Word of God coming to pass. But in this black backdrop, may those of us who bear your name be kind. So in a very real way, beloved, I commission you in the name of Jesus that kindness would guide and direct your life, would rule and reign in your hearts, that God would give you opportunities to be kind and to change a life, change somebody's history for the glory of God. In Jesus' name.